Welcome back to Cut for Time, a podcast of Faith Church on the north side of Indianapolis. I'm your host, Claire Kingsley. As I mentioned in a previous episode, we are changing the purpose of Cut for Time while we are apart. We'll use this podcast to share stories, encourage one another, and share how people in our church community are making a difference in our Indianapolis community. Today, our guest is Nick Carter. Nick is a connection class leader, entrepreneur, and CEO of Market Wagon, and a dad to three. Nick, welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for making the time in your busy day to record this with us. So, Nick, for those who don't know what you do, I'm sure everybody knows who you are. I mean, I don't want to assume, but you are someone that people know at church. So um, they may know you. They may know you as Kendra's husband, but they may not know what you do on a day-to-day basis and what your business mission is all about. So give us a quick overview of that. Yeah. Um, So I grew up farming. I grew up a farm kid. And um, when I was 18, I had to leave the farm. So there just wasn't enough farm income for there to be another job for another generation to stay there. Um, and that I learned later in life was kind of the, um, the after effects of some failed policies in agriculture in the U S and it, it was not friendly to small farms or family farms at all. Um, so about five or six years ago, I started to, you know, chart an entrepreneurial course. I've always been a, a business owner and wanted to start businesses and create, create value where I can. I started to, um, to just dream about doing that in the food space and specifically to redeem, you know, have some redeeming work in, in the world of agriculture. So it's a long run up of an intro to market wagon, which is an online farmer's market. Um, our mission is to enable food producers to thrive in their local and regional markets. And we do that by creating market access um, so that farmers and food artisans as well are able to uh, sell their food um, directly to consumers. They'll have a market. Mm-hmm. So Nick, in the past few weeks, I've actually heard quite a few stories of your business market wagon making a really big difference, a big impact in our community. And so what changes have you made to your business in response to COVID-19 crisis? Um, you know, it's interesting that when I think about that question, what changes do we make to our business? Because what I mean, there's a lot of answers to that. We've, we've had to hire, we've had to grow, we've had to expand this or that, but changes to the business itself, we didn't make any. Um, and, and that's kind of surreal for me because what it means is that we've been building this company for four years, my, myself and a co-founder, and we've been building a team and systems and, um, and putting it into place. And sometimes crises come along and, and they become an opportunity for you to, to, um, find something new to do or, or some like transformative process in the crisis. And sometimes the crisis comes along and you discover exactly why God had you doing what you've been doing for the last four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so in our business, we had to buy new shelves. We had to buy, you know, we'd figure out how to freeze four times as many ice packs in, in seven days time. Um, and we've been able to <clears throat> hire, I think the count just keeps going up. I think it's been 60 people now. Wow. Um, that we've brought on board, maybe more, um, and it's temporary jobs, right? Um, and and a lot of it part time, but um, we've been able to make a big impact for you know, employees as as well as the farmers. So we have all of the farmers and artisans that are on our platform. Many of them, their biggest clients were restaurants and chefs, and they woke up one day and their business was gone. And at the same exact time, our 
our business was here, our systems were in place and we grew four X um, or more. We grew over 400% in a week and it worked, uh, which if anybody's been in, in, in business or run systems, like to, to grow four, just imagine four times as many people showed up to faith church one morning, you know, the Sunday school would break, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Things break. Yeah. Um, and it worked and it, it answered the call and met a need um, for farmers, for people who are looking for work. We were able to hire and onboard uh, people really, really rapidly and then get food to people's doors who um, many of them were unable to find food at the local grocery store or it was unsafe for them to go out. We received tons of messages now from people who are immunocompromised or you know at risk and, and shouldn't be leaving their homes for one reason or another. And we can bring um, all the groceries they need right to their doorstep and leave it there. Mm-hmm. And um, and to go back to your original question, what changes have we made in our business in this COVID nineteen crisis? Not a thing. That's exactly what we've always done. We just, um, you know, God put us in this position for this time, and mm-hmm. that's a. I, I think that that realization has really hit me. Well, that set it up really well for my next question. But before we move on, I have a quick question. Yeah. Um, are you reaching out to these farmers, farmers and? food artisans or are they reaching out to you? Um, it's a little bit of both, but definitely over the last couple of weeks, um, there's been a huge need for, I mean, for people who, from caterers and restaurateurs who now can package their a, a meal and, and put a label on it and we can deliver it to homes, um, to farmers who maybe previously had, they, they, didn't, they weren't a part of the, our, our online farmer's market because they had all of their, their products sold through, like I said, chefs or restaurants or sometimes small colleges. You know, these small private universities ended up being big clients for large farmers or mm-hmm. for, for small farmers. They are reaching out to us and we have the demand so we can bring them on board. Um, just to, actually today, later today at, at noon, I'll be on a, a conference call statewide with Ohio State University with all of the, the farmers producing food in that state, introducing them to Market Wagon because the, the university reached out to us and said, we've got tons of farmers that need to, I mean, all the farmer's markets are closed. Their restaurants are closed. Can you help? And so of course we can help. So we're having a call with them. Well, Nick, you said that God has prepared your business for this time. So how has your convictions as a Christ follower shaped this whole business and your response to the pandemic? Um, I mean, the whole business is, is kind of an easy one to answer. It's, the whole idea of it from the beginning, you know, enabling food producers to thrive, being a business with a mission statement, um, being existing in order to help other people exist and thrive. It's, it's a service business. It's a business that is designed. If we do well, um, others will thrive mm-hmm. and human thriving. I think that, that, uh, the church should be, and is, you know, first and foremost about human thriving. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we we've built a, a company with, with the primary focus on turning the spotlight on on others on local producers on on farmers and and on giving them a platform in which they can thrive um so it's very other focused in terms of just its, its mission from the get-go amid the COVID 19 crisis um you know i've already shared just being just doing what we do has been a, a huge service to the community around us. And, and that's the, the pep talks I've been giving our team at our, all of our staff meetings is guys, you know, this is game time. And, and we've, we've, we've been practicing for four years for this. Now we don't need to lose our heads. We just need to do what we've always been trained to do. 
and execute well. And it's been going very, very well. But um, I, I mentioned that because um, Joey's sermon two weeks ago on um, Mary and Martha really struck me, you know, when crisis hits um, or when, when the interruption comes, right? Yeah. How do you look at that? And um, for, a, for a period, definitely, you know, when, when the first order started coming in, um, I definitely went into Martha mode for a little while. You know, we had a weekend where it was like, wow, we got pretty strong sales going on. Whoa, really strong. Oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? <laughs> and, uh, and so for a few day period there, I was cleaning out every Menards of, of shelving and racking. We, could, we were scraping up every tote we could find and we needed every bit of supplies. And, and I got wrapped up in the frenzy of that. And, and Joey's sermon came at a, exactly the right time on a day when I had set aside to finally have a Sabbath, which I hadn't had in a while because we've been working so hard to get everything done. And just realizing that there's a peace there's um, there can be contentment um, even when you don't know necessarily why things are happening or why God had put you in a place where you're at serve well, execute well on, on the tasks that he's given you to do. And, um, and that's really all that's been asked of us, right? Is mm -hmm. to be content and to, to carry out what God has asked us to do where we are. Well, he's not always asking us to be a hero. It's, it's we're not trying to, create um heroic moments for ourselves mm -hmm. and i think that that's been a big revelation over the last couple of weeks for me yeah thanks for even for just bringing that sermon back to ever back to my mind yeah. and everyone else who's listening it's something that we should just be reminding ourselves um frequently because it seems like we're still interrupted daily by the news and by the new development and by yeah. something different and you know, just being reminded of how we respond and yes, just choosing the small moments to serve or serving the way we've been called and not needing mm -hmm. to just develop this grand plan. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like you said, don't need to be a hero, but just do what God's prepared you to do in this time. Exactly. Yeah. So you also were saying, you were talking about human thriving and the word that came to mind was flourishing. Um, I think right. that that is our call is to help our, the body of Christ flourish and also um, just to encourage the flourishing of others and to come alongside those who don't yet know Christ. So um, I don't know if that's something that you've been, that's been on your mind now you, that you have the opportunity to talk to, you said your business grew 400%. Like you have the opportunity to talk to <laughs> yeah. so many more people and uh, vendors and now coworkers or employees. So um, how can we support you? What are you praying for? And um, are you praying for flourishing and then other things? What can we pray for? And how can we support you as well as other small businesses at this time? Um, yeah. So I, I would say, you know, praying for uh, these small businesses that I've seen impacted by this. One of the things is um, pray that, that the whiplash wouldn't be too hard. So, and what I mean by that is there's so many companies that now in order to survive restaurants come to mind in particular, but also a lot of our farms that we work with um, they've, they've made major adaptations and some of that comes in with investment, right? You've now all of a sudden you need packaging and delivery drivers or, or whatever the case is in order to pivot your company on a dime. Mm -hmm. um, and when I, when I say whiplash, that could, the, 
if that all disappeared and, and these changes are, you know, back to normal was just as abrupt and sudden as the change into this quarantine, that can have an, another decimating impact on, uh, on businesses. It can be very difficult to make those kinds of big adjustments, which usually take investments. And, and these guys are, are on razor thin margins and um, a lot of them have no safety net. So I would just pray that, that um, while this is going on, while people are going to be receiving stimulus checks soon, that they would hopefully use that to go and buy takeout food. That's what we're going to do buy exorbitant amounts of takeout and live in a way that you would think is, is, is irresponsible if you were a frugal person prior. That's what we're going to do. Um, and, and just pray for, for the flourishing of the businesses around us, you know, cause if, if they, if they don't, then we won't. Right. Mm-hmm. If, if the, if, if, if the community's economy fails, then everybody will, will suffer. Yeah. This made me think of something that um, I didn't plan on sharing, but I just saw this on Facebook a few days ago. Um, I don't know about you, Nick, but have you been like walking a lot more or has your family been walking in and out or your neighborhood <laughs> has been? Um, because when we go out, there are twice as many people in our neighborhood walking this past weekend. Really? Yeah. It's just crazy. ready to get out. Yes. I think people feel so trapped. So do you, have you seen that at all? <laughs> well, unfortunately, about a year and a half ago, we made the decision to move to a small farm, which means that we are not in a walkable community. So yes, we're walking mm-hmm. a lot on our, on our land, but we, one of the things we do miss from our old home, especially in a time like this, is that we're not in a, in a neighborhood anymore. So mm-hmm. there's no sidewalk outside our front step. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't see that. We don't get the opportunity to participate in that. And our kids have particularly been... Uh, isolated and, and a little lonely and missing that the idea of being able to play with neighbors or even see them right <laughs> wave yeah. at them from six feet away yeah um, yeah all right well um it might just be our neighborhood but um <laughs> something i saw a friend share recently was just re reframing a prayer walk and mm. so using a walk because it seems like everybody's getting outside especially now that the weather is changing to be very intentional about as you walk pray for the uh the elderly in your neighborhood pray for the people who might be lonely and single or um living alone in your neighborhood pray for the churches in your neighborhood mm. and then also the businesses they mentioned and so mm. as you pass by or as you just recall like everything that's surrounding you and your um small radius to just be praying by a name for these businesses for the for wisdom and like you said they need to change their business um, on a dime, right? They need to just turn so quickly. And so just praying yeah. for them and uh, yeah, for their flourishing. So I would yeah. encourage people to get outside this week, take a prayer walk and do um, pray along with Nick for these businesses and for the people in your neighborhood. Thank you. Yeah. If you, if you have the opportunity to buy anything on Amazon right now, just take the extra minute that it would take and see if there's a, a local hardware store, you know, a local retailer, somebody that is selling the same thing. It may not be as cheap. They may not be able to bring it there tomorrow, you know, second day prime, but see if they're shipping mm-hmm. and, and make, make those conscious decisions um, because it really is going to matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also maybe they'd get it too sooner because Amazon has now <laughs> delayed all non-essentials. So that's, there's that. Yeah. There you go.
Um, So Nick, what's your last final nugget of wisdom that you'd like to leave our listeners with? I think that was a good one, but is there anything else (laughs) that you'd like to share? Um, We're going to be fine. Our, our, our food supply took a hit because, you know, 40% of America's food was consumed in restaurants and school cafeterias prior to this. It takes a little bit of time for that to shift and people get nervous and scared because it looks like the grocery system is failing. We have plenty of food. We have, we have plenty of resources in this country. Um, don't fear is not helpful in any way in, in this kind of situation. Wisdom, right? A, a respect for what's going on. Um, that all makes sense, but don't let fear overtake and, and don't let uh, fear influence decisions in ways that you wouldn't, you know, that become irrational. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the last thing I would want to share is I, I think that when people are unable to find a dozen eggs somewhere, panic can set in right? mm-hmm. yeah. for a gallon of milk. Um, but we're going to be okay. So something that is an issue in our culture is, a, is herd mentality right now. <laughs> herd mentality reacts to um, emotions such as fear yep. rather than reason or fact. And, right. um, and so I was going to say, you've seen this firsthand, like the danger of herd mentality. So like, what do they, how can we respond as Christians? Like, what should we actually be doing and avoid that? You know, fear is not becoming of a Christian. If, if we're scared about where we're going to find a dozen eggs, right? Um, that is, that's kind of um, diminishes our witness and makes you wonder, you know, where the, where the faith lies, right? Um, yeah. Panic buying is not becoming of a Christian. <laughs> Yes. And, and it is the ultimate in selfishness. We didn't talk about this. We also have our own farm here where we sell eggs. And for a few days time, we couldn't keep eggs in the fridge because we would, it holds 24 dozen. It would be empty in, in like an hour and there would be all large bills in the cash box. People were leaving with armloads full of eggs. And that just means that the next person who wants to come and, and just have eggs for breakfast just can't yeah. Yeah. because you have a refrigerator full of eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the obvious ones that we're seeing now are toilet paper and, and things like that. But panic buying is the epitome of selfishness. Uh, and it, it is not taking in the, the good of the community to heart. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Nick. Thanks for giving us your time out of your day to record with us. We really appreciate it. No problem. Listeners, if you have stories to share of others in our church making a difference, please reach out to me and email me at claire at faithliveitout.org. We would love the opportunity to share these stories with you as an encouragement. We will be back again next week with a new guest for Cut for Time. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.